Fuckers off me, you damn dirty ape! <laughs> Thank God it's Friday, Eric. It is Thank Friday God once indeed. again. We are going to get ape and bananas and monkeys things, and huh? chimps. We're going to do it all. Throw our shit around. Uh, we have a classic lineup here, <laughs> kind of. Uh, we have Spirit World and Batman Incorporated. We all often joke amongst ourselves that the idea of this week, we usually only got Batman Incorporated and Spirit World, and it was one of the down weeks for the podcast. But how things are going right now, Summerween, we it's have nightmares. We have that for the regular podcast and the way that things went down and how Thank they you, were Thank you, Night Terrors. Thank you. By the bad asses of the Get Fresh crew for our weekly DC Comics Badass Spotlight podcast that comes out every Thursday night. They picked World's Finest Teen Titans number two and Superman Annual 2023 number Number one. one. (laughs) When's two coming out, Eric? When's two going to arrive? Never. It's an annual, Jim. We talked about those on our spotlight. So if you want to hear those two books, me and Eric have a lot of fun with Marilyn Moonlight. Should At know. one point, it seemed like I wanted to kill you. <laughs> Did you? I don't remember that part. I just remember the fun. I called you an a-hole. And then some people, like one person ended up getting old of me. It was like, oh, my God, you guys crack me up. You fly boys crack me up when you pretend <laughs> you don't like each other. I'm like. Yeah, at that moment, there was not a lot of pretend going on, but we ended up talking about those two books, had a lot of fun, a lot of ghost puns that were going on. It was about an hour and a half long. Maybe the ghost puns were about 45 minutes of that. We had fun. I hope that people weren't annoyed by this, but if you want to go listen to that again, patreon.com slash weird science. But we have the rest of the books for the rest of the week. And as I said, there's been a bunch of times where we've had Batman Incorporated and Spirit World together on a regular podcast. And even before Spirit World came around, you had like, you know, Batman Incorporated and some other book that nobody cared about. So we ain't getting that download. No clicks for us. No, nobody seems to be into these books, really. And, oh, Batman and Inc. That's the, yeah, really. And we end up, we, we review most of the things and we stick with them for the most part. If they, But Batman Incorporated. We have enjoyed enough. I didn't like the first arc as much as you did, but then I came around in this Joker Incorporated deal. I was into it, but now you see that maybe it was, you know, dragging on a little too long because it looks like this is the penultimate issue and you're not going to start anything new with that. So I think that's kind of the combo deal. It was already going, but let's drag it out because at this point, it's a shame because I thought the book could be much, much more. And then you have Spirit World, which is Spirit World, which we'll get to next. It's Spirit World. We are legends. Batman Incorporated number 11 is what we're going to start with, though. Written by Ed Brisson, art by John Tim, Sergio Acuna, Nicholas Znizizia, Rex oh, yeah. Locus, and Clayton Coles. I'm sure he would disagree, but I think that's how you pronounce it 100%. And then in the uh, cover here, which we don't often mention the covers, you have the Beige, the Batman of China, saying Batman Incorporated is done. I think he's pretending sure is. he is Mr. DC. <laughs> because people had said earlier in the week, oh, my God, even last week, I think that Batman Incorporated is canceled. There was no solicit for, I think it was October. And I thought, well, you know, sometimes they skip some things there. Well, when this comes out and I'm reading through it and at the end to be concluded, I'm like, yeah, I don't think that just means the story. I think the book is done. On, well, without besides the idea of it being canceled and stuff like that, and where we are currently in the story. When I first looked at this cover for Batman Incorporated Eleven, 
for some reason, just looked past the Beiji, the Batman of China of it all, and just thought this was actually Bruce Wayne Batman saying Batman Corporate. <laughs> and I thought we we're going to have this great revelation where Batman comes in to shut shit down. And then I looked a little closer because, you know, I can't see very well. You I'm can't like, see. Oh, it's the Batman of China. Never mind. Well, one of the things about this book, and that's a good way to segue into some of this, the idea that this book tried, it seemed, to make Ghostmaker a more viable character by making him more like a Batman, even though Ghostmaker has been fighting all along. And a lot of people were worried that by the end of this, Ghostmaker would say, well, you know what? I, I think I will go with Batman's way. But th- that doesn't help the character. That goes no, against no. the reason why we like him. And and some people even got the epiphany this week in our Slack chat that said, you know what? Ghostmaker is Mark Miller's nemesis, which is the over-the-top, rootin' tootin' shootin' Stars. Batman. And it's pretty cool. So I'm actually kind of glad that it looks like he's sticking to, and really sticking to his guns, Eric. Well, hopefully. You don't get that much of him in this issue. And well, really that's that's one of the biggest problems with Batman and Corbett as a whole. But the idea of Ghostmaker, though, he's almost like a weird, bizarro version because you like you have Batman, right? Like the pure Dark Knight detective kind of thing. And then you have the counter version of him, which is the Wraith. You know, the evil Batman who was yeah. like uh, created on the same night that his you parents were killed by the police. You love bringing up that Wraith, right? Wraith is just like you evil Batman. And it's so cool. Like you never get that character anymore. Now, this is a weird, bizarre version where it's like Wraith, but he's still a good guy, but he goes to the extremes like Wraith does, almost to the point of being a criminal, but he's just willing to get the job done, Punisher style to get it done, but he's as, as accomplished as Batman. He's a really cool character where I just want to get that whole Ghostmaker versus Batman because the ideals that they share are so utterly different in how they take on crime. And it's just, once we had that initial Ghostmaker thing done, and I, I push it out of the way, it's like, all right, Batman and Ghostmaker, their bros are hanging out, and then Batman's away while Ghostmaker does Batman Incorporated stuff. And you just don't have that real synergy between the characters anymore. Like, you know, how far is Ghostmaker willing to go, and how far is Batman willing to go to stop him from his way of doing things? Well, and remember, when he first came, and you alluded to it, when he first showed up, he was a villain. He showed yeah. up, Batman knew him from the past, he was over the top, and he came in and said, listen, Gotham is a cesspool. I know that we made a pack. It, it's funny. The pack that Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Stay not a Gotham. dealer and dealer, right? He says, listen, Gotham's mine. Ghostmaker goes, oh, well, I guess the rest of the world's mine then. I mean, it really isn't that really great a deal for Bruce you Wayne. You say but- that, but according to sales, and who cares about what? Everything Gotham oriented is where the money's at. Then That is true. But <laughs> you say that, Eric, and why I also like the idea when Ghostmaker first showed up. Batman didn't have much money. His money was gone. And Ghostmaker shows up, and it was a really cool thing to kind of make it. Okay, Bruce needs him now. He ends up having all of these What's layers that finance and here? And they became bros. But it's kind of a shame because with that all, we're heading towards Gotham War. Batman versus Selina. If things would have went different, little slow burn, I think that the real big story, as you're saying, could have been a Gotham War, and it could have been what originally should have happened, where you have Ghostmaker versus Batman, and I think that would have been more realistic. That would have been maybe something really cool for a Gotham War. But as much as I want it, when you have, if you say we swap out, you know, Catwoman for a Ghostmaker, now it's too late. But if we didn't start the way, right? No, no, I'm saying originally, let's say it was always supposed to be Ghostmaker versus Batman for the Gotham War. Like I want a Batman versus Ghostmaker because I want to see who's going to come out on top, even though Batman's Batman, obviously. But when you have this. I think DC would be afraid to pull the trigger on this because if you did it realistically, you'd have so many people in Batman's rogues gallery dead and like you just can't bring everybody back. But that that was the thing. That was what I was going to say and I'm glad you said it. The idea where maybe, you know, Condiment King, he gets a little slice in that. 
But oh, no. you would have where you have Selena, <laughs> and we haven't read the story, obviously. That'll yeah. be next month. But with, with Ghostmaker, especially Ghostmaker when he first showed up, if this would have been, again, a slow burn, we didn't really know. Him doing this, it does give you that edge. It does give you that kind of mystery of he might end up killing the Penguin. He might kill the Riddler. He might kill... And you don't really get that in my mind with Selena. Well, even when you had it, though, in Batman Incorporated, because right now Ghostmaker is just, you know, pretty much Batman light here leading the team. Because even when they had their their mission in Gotham against Professor Pig and all of those villains were like chained up right in front of Ghostmaker. I'm like, you got to start slicing and dicing to really prove yourself. But since you're following Batman's orders, you can't do anything. Your hands are literally tied in the comic. Yeah. So a lot of people who. And I'm not saying there's a ton of Ghostmaker fans, but really just to tell everybody, two oh, he's are got right an action here. Figure. Me and you like Ghostmaker enough because we really like the bro, Bruce, that was so and much Ghostmaker fun. as well. We Hanging out in the garage, pumping iron. Oh playing my foosball. god, it was so funny. And we had a <laughs> lot of fun with it. We like the character. You, you still need a little more, but I think that we're at that point where you realize you can't make him a good guy because that goes against his character. He doesn't play well with others, all this stuff. He's the necessary evil. And I, I don't mind that at the end of the series he goes off, he'll probably disappear and, you know, I'll get you sometime or I'll do my thing. But at least he tried and we see it's not really working at this point. But I really thought we were going to get more Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter. We ended up getting Clown Hunter a bit with Phantom One, which is now a character that's on Stormwatch. You have gotten some things out of it, but I do think that this book overall, it just hasn't been able to grab people because it's kind of a mess. There's a lot of characters. The idea of the mess and a lot of the characters is when you go into the book, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that sit there like, I love everything in Batman Incorporated or I love everything in Joker Incorporated. Problem is you're going to like, realistically, in my mind at least, you're going to focus on a handful of characters, maybe just one or two. And when you have that, your focus is so spread with the amount of characters, the ones you want to see, you then move on to deal with stuff that you don't really care about, and it just drags the story on, and you're just hoping to the point where you can get back to Dusty Bronco and Raven Red, and that's where I stand. Dusty Bronco and Raven Red are okay, but I kind of want it Man of Bats. He's there. He's hurt. But Raven Red himself, he's, in a, he's, he's in just angry. He's yeah. angry. His dad's near death, he says again. Dusty Bronco is kind of funny, sounds like a porn star, but in all of this, when it all comes down to it, I still don't think I'm getting enough Raven Red that when this is done, I expect to ever see him again. Well, it's, it's weird about Raven Red because the way that Man of Bats, like, I actually thought he died when Dusty Bronco, like, you know, shot him, and I actually kind of wish it would, because it would be that kind of uh, evolution of the character like Knight and Squire had, where Knight died and Squire became Knight, and eventually, like, Raven Red, if his father died, he would become the Man of Bats. And you'd have that new, like, kind of legacy, new evolution of the character. And with uh, Man of Bats being alive, it's just, is Raven Red going to cross the line or isn't he? I like the idea, like, say, in the past, Condor being on the Birds of Prey. Maybe Raven Red could be. Nobody Maybe remembers we'll get Condor. Stuff like that. Oh, Condor was the worst. Condor was always trying to weasel in and, and try to date Black Canary. It was constant. And she wasn't going for it. But when we go through this issue, again, the, the real big thing is going to be Raven Red. And Dusty yeah. Bronco, but overall you're going to jump back and forth. And the other things going on, Peiji and his sister. His sister is the Joker of China, alpaca. Alpaca. And boy, it really would have been better served if if you had Ghostmaker and El Gaucho stay away. You could have had some good character work because we didn't really get it. And if you aren't aware, these were characters from the new Superman book by Jean Luen Yang, and they're interesting. But you never really got enough. And then in here. All it is is you better kill her. No, I won't. You better kill her. 
and you don't really get Joker's trying to use you, Alpaca. Don't let him. The hell with you. I'm not being used by anybody. You guys are just fools. That's all you get when the thing is you get Dusty Bronco's origin story in this, which I do appreciate because for some reason this rodeo clown Joker, I do enjoy and I think his origin story is pretty freaking awesome, actually. But you could have used this time to actually flesh out some of the characters that have been in the DCU, like the Alpaca, to see her origin story to become the Joker of China and maybe will for the next issue and final issue. But here, Dusty Bronco's, you know, revelation. I like, you know, revelation to us about the idea He's of why he shot it, the man of bats and why he wants to take out Raven. Right? He was a rodeo clown like his father before him and his father before him. This the thing is dealing with all of those bulls all the time. Your ass gets hurt and his ass needed some pain medication. You don't make too much money, rodeo clown. So he had to get his ass in the streets to get some drugs. But man of bats, all he saw was not a man in pain, but just a druggie and beat the ever loving shit out of him to the point where he was in the hospital for six months. Couldn't walk, couldn't move. Half his bones were broken. I'm like, Yes, you went excessive man and bats and you made your villain to the point where when he finally got back out, he became, he became Dusty Bronco and was looking for revenge and he shot him down. I'm like, you know, that made it very personal and I actually like the idea where you have these vigilantes in any kind of comic book media of superheroes where they are like, you know, these over-the-top street or brawlers who just take people out. You see with Batman all the time to the point where this guy was just trying to get by and not be in pain, and he was putting more pain than he's ever had in his life through everything he did with Rodeo Clown, and, and he's once revenge. And I'm like, I, I dig it the most. He, he's like Brett Favre. He had to go to the painkiller, sir. He couldn't take it. You got to keep that, you know, game streak going. The thing is, that's funny that they kind of – he's there, and you do have Dusty Bronco say, we've met before, but the funny play is I believe that that guy, I call him Mr. Hoodie Bandana Head Drug Dealer, He's uh-huh. probably coming back for revenge on Raven Red because it looks like Raven <laughs> Red beats the living crap out of him as well. And I, again, if you had more time, even you could have expanded this because I don't love to think that Man of Bats is a guy who's just going to beat the shit out of a guy buying some Percocet. I would have liked to expand it a bit where maybe he's trying to like brag and show off in front of his son. Like, Man of Bats is not as good as we thought he was. But yeah, it really does make him look like a real piece of crap. Uh, because he ends up stopping this, you know, pretty small scale. Hey, do you have Just any painkillers? Right, yeah. I, I need some. Seriously, I I better go check on my wife. Yeah, you know, man of bats might be in town. Just beating the shit out of her. Yes, right. I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, but while that's going on, and you do get that origin, you do get that classic play of a Batman character creating his own Joker. Okay, it works. It actually works. The the problem I have at this point is we have one more issue. I'm like. Well, at least you slipped in the Dusty Bronco origin, but there's Stand so out. many more things that I. Besides for Alpaca, Dusty Bronco is the standout Joker of Joker it's Incorporated the in my mind. Standout though, because it's been a focus. I think that maybe there were too many, and I even said because in you this think issue, Charles could be the one who could have stood out if you got a little bit more. I actually play? was thinking of the names again and Die Laughing. Die Laughing, they're, they're pretty funny. And, and what's he up to? What's Die Laughing up to in this whole bit? He bailed. Remember, he, he bailed, gave the like, thing and he said he left and went under. Is he, I is he just going to be the linchpin in the final issue to bring down the Joker because what the Joker did to him? Like, is our Batman Incorporated going to be so inept with what they're actually doing? Is Die Laughing going to have to save the day? Maybe. It, it's weird because, remember, he figured out how to get rid of the, you know, the chip. whole track yeah. chip deal and the blow up your brain thing. And he gave it, and that's where we get Knight and Grey Wolf. They're experimenting on it in one of the most boring segments that this book has ever They do had. nothing. I mean, they're just all, sitting all there. All I find out is that Knight and Squire need to figure out how to deactivate this chip. So when the Joker activates everybody's chip around the world so they will be exploding in a half an hour unless the heroes kill them, that chip explodes. They're like, 
oh my god, what are we going to do now? We don't have any time left. We don't have any other chips. We don't have any replacement parts. This is where Grey Wolf's like, look, Knight, you don't understand. Where I come from, we didn't have shit. We just had World War II technology. We didn't have replacements, so we had to figure out what we had around us to remake things. I'm like, Look, I understand you want to like brag about how good you are technically, but just remake it. We have a half an hour. You're standing around and talking around a broken ship. Do something, please. Seriously, just as an aside, not not many people know what I'm saying. This reminds me of me and you when we'd work together. We're doing shit at the end. You're like, did it work? Nope, we'll do it again. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need that. I don't need to feel like I'm watching somebody do actual work. Like, yeah, there's a half hour left. This is a company you got to get going. Like everybody else at least is doing interesting things with a related Joker to a degree, but just standing in a basement with a, a chip that looks like it's in a broken aquarium. Like, what is this part of the book? Well, it's contained. They don't want to that, That's the problem. They were sent to get Die Laughing. Die Laughing skedaddled. They have nothing to do. So you're stuck with that. And that, again, shows me that there's too many characters in this book. There's too many things going on. And that was a problem that I had from the very beginning. The beginning, and if you hadn't read it, the beginning was pretty much Ghostmaker, and people were killing his mentors, and so you ended up getting so many mentors, people killing mentors, Batman and Corbin. At least this kind of settled down a little, but it's still too many. Even the idea of people killing, because that's all we've had this book. You've had Batman and Corbin with all the many members. You've had... The people killing Ghostmaker's mentors who are made into a Phantom One Incorporated to be other like Lex Luthor Batman Incorporated characters that we never saw before. So you had all of those. And we finally got out of that, had two issues of Professor Pig, which were pretty decent, except for like, you know, how easily things got resolved by the end. And then it's back onto a Joker Incorporated with a shit ton of characters. I'm like, you're spreading this story too damn thin. And and it's gonna go twelve 12 issues. And in this, if you know El Gaucho coming in, good for you. But if you don't, all you're going to get El Gaucho, I thought I was going to be the leader. I don't like you. And then kind of teams up even day, more El with Ghostmaker. And then they just kind of are at odds. And they continue to be. And then you get Beiji, the, the Batman of China. He's there with El Pac. And that, that's part of the a bigger part of this as well. Because in the background, Joker's like, yeah, I think this book's getting canceled next next." <laughs> Activate all the chips. I'm pressing a button, and really all this does is push the window up a half hour. He says, you used to have an hour. Now you got a half hour. Let's go, bitches. And they got to figure out what to do. And what to do is, Ghostmaker's just yelling, you got to kill every joke. You see, no, we're not going to do that. Batman would never do that. And it's just Batman. And even the alpaca part becomes a weird situation because you have Batman, Batman trying to Beijing saying, I'm not going to let you kill my sister. Well, fuck you. I'm going to kill your sister. And Alpaca's saying, look, I got 132 hostages. If you guys don't fight to the death in front of me, I'm going to kill all of them. So yeah, and they're going to the be pushed off fighting. a roof. Right? And I'm telling you, I have no idea how Ghostmaker being Ghostmaker with everything he is besides for trying to follow Batman's rules here does not kill Beiji by the end to save as many people as he can because that's who he is. He might leave him for dead, but he's not dead. Or you end up where they fight. and I'm just going with the idea of die laughing shows up everywhere. He comes swooping in. Hey, I'll step that. Or you can end up because we haven't had, well, then again, I was going to say Clown Hunter, but he's off with Ray. Ray. Like they're all scattered so much. Maybe Phantom One comes in at one point. You have uh, the Batman of Japan and uh, and, uh, Clown Hunter just telling Ray, Ray, you can't kill him, guy. You can't do it. I'm going to do it. And and, (laughs) I think it's the best part. Yeah. And so the only thing that I can think of, but the problem is the way it's been set up, the Joker means business. 
He wants to ruin Batman Incorporated. He wants them to go against Batman's one rule so that they, you know, get dissed by Batman and he's not around. The only thing that I could think of is at the end, you just have Joker where it's the classic. Hey, I was just joking. I just because they'll commit to something, but we've already seen people die. I, it, it's just all over the place. And yeah, by the end, you're like, all right, what's going on here? And you're right. At one point, you get Charles de Gaulle, and he's like, all right, the Cirque de Mort, de la Mort is on. That's I'm circus like, of death, Jim. I don't need you with your circus of death here with the night runners. Let, let's get back with to Raven all Red. This, with all that stuff going on, you have this section coming with, uh, with Charles de Gaulle and Knight Runner coming in, the Batman of uh, France, to jump in, and it just becomes this over-the-top action scene where Knight Runner just takes out Charles de Gaulle, but it's never really, like, you know, finished. It's just a weird place to put another scene in that, it, like, interrupts what you're currently worried about at that point. But, like, who, who's focused on Knight Runner at this point in time? For some reason, I'm still worried about Wingman and what could Dark Ranger more. I, at that point, I'm even trying to figure out how alpaca super soaker shooting lasers or something. I don't even know what's happening with that thing. So she's going with that, but you end up having El Gaucho kind of take that. Says, hey, if everybody, if you don't move, I'm going to end up killing alpaca. Of course, that's not going to go well with Beijing. All that going down, but the hostages start getting pushed off this, this roof. I'm like, this is way too much going on to actually resolve in one issue. You then have Night and Grey Wolf doing their sciencey stuff for no reason. But then you go back to, like you said, the big thing of Dusty Bronco and Raven Red. And I love the idea the that Dusty Bronco at the one point says, hey, listen, let's just settle this. Here you go. Here's a gun. And I'm like, don't trust that gun. That guy just gave it to you. Don't do it. And he doesn't. He's like, I'd rather... I'd rather wring the, the life motto, out of fist you. To fist. He actually says, this gun's impersonal. I actually want to watch the, the life leave your eyes. He's insane and he won't stop. And yeah, they're going to end up fighting. And at the end, he is choking him out. It looks like Dusty and apparently Dusty Bronco is the worst shot ever because he still wants to have his gun during the fight and he misses every shot at Raven Red right in front of him. No, it looks like he's doing the dance, sucker. He's used to doing the that, dance. right? Yeah. Dance, the dance, dance, sucker. He starts shooting. He's footloosing around? At least it's not ghost guns. But you end up where, yeah, he's in trouble. It's like that idea of bringing fists to a gunfight. Well, I guess the fists went out this time. But remember, he's on the side, around. they also, no, it's not. They they said the other two, they're releasing the hostages. Raven Red said, I think that he's just going to get tackled by like Clown Hunter or something to stop this. We'll have to see. No, Raven Red. Poor Clown Hunter, we're in the middle of a Joker Incorporated. The kid hasn't even been able to do his thing, really. He's just Seriously, kind of been on the, the side. Yeah, really. So he's just there, but the art's pretty good. No, I enjoy the art a, a lot. A bunch of artists, too, so it changes with each of the things, but each one has its own look. Cool, but and it's, the it's, a, it's a mess. Yeah, they do. It's really good on a tablet. It's it's a mess. I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm there for Raven Red, Dusty Bronco, but the other stuff is just like, come on, let's let's do something. We still have to find guy laughing because Joker doesn't know where he is either. He's all upset. Like, even the thing, though, like, I find the Raven Red and Dusty Bronco part the most important in the story because you get the Dusty Bronco origin story. And, like, it feels like it has the more, the, the, the most stuff to it that's going on in the uh, Joker Incorporated story. But when you actually even have, like, Alpaca, like, this should feel like the biggest part, Alpaca, the Batman of China, because of what we read in the new Superman series. And you have Ghostmaker, who's the head of this whole thing, and we know who Ghostmaker is and how hard he's fighting to try to play by Batman's rules. This should be what feels like the focus of the story, and even that just feels like a little lackluster because Ghostmaker's hands feel tied the entire time, even though he's the one still saying, we need to kill everybody, but we're not killing anybody. And they're just standing around, and then 
in that first arc, while it was a lot of a mess, there was a lot of things. Gray Wolf was pretty cool. New character, you developed that. But now Gray Wolf, all Gray Wolf does from that point on now is pretty much, and I know he's not from Russia, but That's it's just the standard of, in Russia, car drive you. Like, everything he says is, in my country, we have to do this. And that, it's just constant, over and over. I'm like, like, I don't remember what country Grey Wolf is from, but it's definitely Eastern European. It is Eastern European, so he's fancy, because that's when European is that. That's fancy? That's fancy? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Uh, But what would you give this? Oh, it's way I think the art is great throughout this issue, and I care so much about the Raven Red and Dusty Bronco for some reason. But I do, and that at least, you know... Elevates the book a little higher than it should for the mess of the way the story is being told by jumping scene to scene to scene, where it's not really, you know, just halting any momentum and progression that you feel you're getting in anything because you're just jumping here and there. And even the Night Runner stuff doesn't feel like it did anything for the six except for fill out page space. So I'm giving it a six out of ten. I'll give it a six out of ten as well. Uh, the art's really good. Now, the other, what happened if Phantom One swoops in and saves the day and then's like, I kind of like the cut of your jib, Grey Wolf and Raven Red. You're on Stormwatch now. Would you be excited? He's not in charge of that. Mr. Bones is in charge. Yeah, Mr. Bones just goes with it, Eric. He's like, it sounds cool. We need Look, some recruiting one. I'll, going I'll on. i put him on the team, but I let him lead shit, make any big decisions. No, maybe I just thought I'd get you excited because it's Ed Brisson's book, but I guess you're not going to go with that. You don't think that Mr. Bones, you think he'd have a bone to pick with him? I, think oh, my. I, like, the, I like the characters we have in Stormwatch right now, even the Wildstorm one, which I don't care about that much. They're still more important to me than a great wolf. Maybe, but it, I mean, they don't have a lot of guys in, on the team. It's kind of a skeleton crew. Oh. What, uh, what are we doing next here? Spirit World, number four, written by Alyssa Wong, with art by Haining, Sebastian Chang, and Janice Ch- uh, Chang. And in this issue, we are in the spirit world like we were at the end of the last issue, finally. And if you remember the previous issue, the cliffhanger, where we walk into the spirit world apartment and there's that gigantic, monstrous collective hanging from the ceiling above our heroes as they were trying to figure out where the neighbors were and what we're going to do next. Well, we're going to pretty much you know, spend this issue fighting this collective while all the neighbors have been eaten by the collective. And we have to figure out how to free them without killing them, even though they are spirits. And that's the majority of the issue with the, the idea where Xanthi's talking about, like, I need me some Joss paper so I can make me a new sword. Because in the spirit world, you have to you have to fold up paper and, you know, use it as a sacrifice to have anything physical in the spirit world. So thankfully, we did get the Joss paper at one point, And Xanthi freeing as many people as she can by exercising them from the collective. But what this all means, even the idea of exercising spirits from the collective in the spirit world, like, does that work? It, I, it does, I don't think but, any of this works, actually, because I, at one point, yeah, well, first of all, this, this issue, a mess. It's a mess. It, you end up having what started out pretty cool, but really the whole, to me, the, the big play, me and you both love Cass, you yeah. end up having Constantine in it. Okay, we have two established characters, love characters that we don't get a ton of, so they're in here to get people in. Why not just use those two? To then introduce Santa, you don't need, and I'm not saying that I don't like Po Po and Bowen, po, po, but, Bowen and but Shen. the thing is, I said right away because of being a Alyssa Wong veteran, I've read a bunch of books by her, and when you do, she always adds too many characters. She gives these big concepts that then end up meaning not much anyway, and I get that here. Because you have this big play of the collective. First off, Constantine's walking. He's like, what's this squishy? Oh, my God. Like, nobody notices this. But when they do, it's fight on. So they start fighting. But the big play is we can't really fight 
this because we can't hurt the spirit neighbors inside of it until Constantine blows up out of it. I'm telling you, half the building's killed by uh, Constantine saving himself. And they the never collective. say anything about that. Then, other than that, you end up having Shen, who we ended up being introduced before. That it's not the a shock, demon. but it kind of plays out when becomes the divine fox soul devourer. It's a little bit wonky the way it goes, but then seems to eat the collective, but didn't. And then disappears. Yeah, and then disappears. Then you get this Joss paper that's, you know, the, and then pretty much it's just thrown out there. Cass says, hey, Xanthi, why don't you exercise? I'm like, yeah. why don't you do something, Cass? Like, the idea of being just seeing you out and about, and I'm like, hey, Eric, why don't you exercise him? You're like, I don't like exercise. There you go. So they throw Fuck the me. paper, and then it just <laughs> ends up happening. But it happens, again, in a weird way where she's, well, you know, doing all this crazy it's such, stuff. It's such a weird idea. Here we are in the fourth issue of a six-issue mini, right? And all I desperately want to get back to is the idea of, you know, Xanthi's mother being some kind of sorceress in the real world that knew way too much that was going on and not even, fl- like, you know, flinching when Xanthi was alive and well and years older than when they died. You ha- I want all of that to be brought back. I don't know how you do that in two more issues because of this issue. It's like... All right, we got the collective in the spirit world. It really wants to taste on that Constantine and that cast because they're living people. But also, we're gonna ex- we're gonna use our power to exercise the souls out of the collective. That's also gonna take the energy from your spirit itself. That's gonna wear you down to the point where you're not gonna be existing anymore. But also, while this, if the collective consumes you, it can take a piece of your spirit form to like what happens to Bowen in this issue, to where he becomes an amnesiac guy in this like you know half of the spirit he used to be. So you're, you're putting out all these new concepts and rules with two issues left, and then I'm like, you're doing way too much in this battle. I'm telling you, what, the majority of your issue is a battle against this giant blob monster, and for some reason you're adding too much exposition to the actual story that's going on. When we have so much that feels that it's left on the table for two more issues left, Mike, you're doing too much here, and yet somehow it feels like you're not enough. doing enough for yeah, this you're not issue. Doing enough. Yeah, so you end up in, and really the whole play, when she sets this up, Cass is stuck in the spirit world. We gotta save Cass, gotta save Cass. And the idea of it being really, oh my God, she's in big trouble, kind of got pushed away. We're gonna make you some clothes so they don't really go after you. All right, yeah. well, you push that away. Constantine and Xanthi then finally get in, which was totally wonky through Xanthi's sister being the portal, but she wasn't at first. They ended up seemingly like they'd never get there. Boom, there you go in, and then they're chased by the thousand-eyed Cthulhu monster. You end up (laughs) going, and then I guess Constantine at one point even said, well, my magic-type deal, that's why they're not after me because nobody made him any cool new you know, trench coat or anything, but he's fine. You end up where at one point the big play was, I don't have my paper, so I can't make my sword. Then you just get paper, sword, and it's a mess. Then Shen becomes a divine fox. Then Popo is even said, you're the Verdant Sorcerer. You be quiet. I'm not that anymore. Oh, my God. These concepts that we're throwing out, like Shen, you know, you can, him turning into a, like a gigantic fox demon, fine with, because I don't care about this guy who's wheeling and dealing, eating hearts in the freaking spirit world. He can turn, he can do whatever the fuck he wants to fucking start, because he's not a main character. Me Like Popo, who becomes this Verdant Sorcerer that she doesn't want to talk about anymore. And then we have to contact the Jade Council. Oh, my God. They're a bunch of assholes. We can't contact the Jade Council. And I'm like, fuck, what are you doing? I'm like, it's too much. And I'm like, it's, it's getting away from the only thing that I thought was interesting in the real world with Xanthi's family. And you would think Popo at one point was part of the Jade Council. She ended up quitting because they were doing sus things, but she was, you get that idea. But how are you going to fit all this in? And, and really, overall, it just ends up being a book that I, I just think that 
in my mind, me and you have a story we want to tell. You tell me, right? I have uh-huh. a 30-issue story. Oh, my God. And you tell, I, That sounds awesome, all these things. And then they get back to you and say, by the way, you only have six issues. Well, you're going to have to figure out things then. Like, okay, well, I really want to tell this story with the main character, and hopefully people will like it enough that I get to – I think that Alyssa Wong just like, I'm going to shove 30 issues of story into six and, and think that bigger is better. And it's not. It's a mess. Well, that's it's the thing is mess. even the idea with everything that I just told you that was stacked into this big fight scene issue when, you know, Xanthi finally like, you know, frees as many people as she can from the collective and passes out. She They wake up and to the point where like, hey, what's going on? Oh, my God. What's wrong with Bowen? He's, he's not himself anymore because the collective took a part of him and this happens and all of a sudden the collective is speaking through Bowen about how it wants Constantine and Cassandra and then all of a sudden it's like, I invite you to the underbelly. And out of nowhere, Constantine and Castle walking down a freaking spiral stair- like staircase and I'm like, I'm telling you, out of fucking nowhere and they're being controlled by the collective to fight Xanthi. I'm like, look, I, I don't know what just happened right now. It's just, you know, it's you have Cass telling Xanthi to run because their ass is about to get freaking like kicked by Constantine and Batgirl. You you go, I'm telling you, within five pages, pretty much, you get, and, and even this, the collectives there, you end up having Xanthi say, I'm going to save everyone. Oh, my God, I'm going to do it. Pulls out one little girl, goes, oh, hey, Mia. You know, Mia, the neighbor girl. Are you going to save my mommy? I'm going to save everybody. I maybe. just imagine it's at, at that same scene as when Constantine blows up all the collective around him, killing anybody that was a part of it. Mama. And then Shen seems to eat him. I mean, it's all over the place. I go, and I like the art. I always have like the no, art. It's enough. Good. But the but it art crowded. connected with the script, I cannot tell a lot of what's happening. It is. It's oh, no. Very because, crowded. because of the action and the way they want to present it panel to panel and like, you know, like a big spread page kind of like, uh, over the top look to the art to try to make it like bigger than it is. It gets very crowded and very like, okay, let's just kind of move on because it's a fight scene. I mean, at one point you end up where they're, they're hitting the collective. Then even when, you know, at one point it tries to connect to Cass, Cass starts thinking back at fusion memory. She starts going to town. One point you legitimately see Xanthi just beating the crap out of this glob, yelling, we can't hurt the glob because it'll hurt people, and then wishes she had her sword. Like the, Even the thing when you just brought up the idea, because for some reason it just didn't dawn on me, because all the stuff that's being stacked and things that I want to see, after the last issue, I think it was, I thought it was going to be a big thing of this issue to talk, or not this issue, but the series, to talk about the idea of when Cass died and what it means to her that when Lady Shiva, like, you know, killed her and brought her back to life, because it seemed to be a revelation to her when Shen told her, but I don't know how we're going to get back to that even. The whole play of this series, because you did want to have Cass and Constantine in, that's a good play to get people oh, yeah. involved with a new character. I got excited. But it was good enough. I mean, you didn't really have to go any further than Cass is trapped in the spirit world. Constantine and Xanthi have to fight their way to her, grab her, get out. You have gotten so far away from things. And then, like you said, you have to just throw in this panel with Cass. Oh, my. The fusion member. I, I'm like, what? Like, what well, are you e- doing Even here? when you go back to, like, two issues and the idea went out of nowhere, <laughs> the sister that, you know, Xanthi didn't know because she was born after Xanthi died, you are my portal after all. That made no sense to me. Are we ever going to get back to that in the family? Because that's, like I said, all I care about at this point because it's just stacking stuff. I'm like – Deal with one thing first, please. Seriously, that second issue, you know, not to get too into it, but even threw in the idea of death names and things like that. You, you tell a story first. Dead names, Tell yeah. a story and, and get in with that. And like I said, get a good, solid story that gives us Xanthi, 
you know, with Cass and Constantine as that gateway into it. And then at the end of the six, it's what I've been saying about, say, even Hawkgirl, that first issue, but I said about Blue Beetle. Give us a reason in the six issues to like Xanthium, want more, and then hopefully you'll get more. Leave this other shit off the table. It's too much. I'm saying Xanthium is lost in the shuffle with what they're doing here because right now it's just like, okay, I need some Joss paper to make a sword and I'm doing stuff in the spirit world, but why do I care about you in the long run to keep me coming back? Why do you care? Because, again, I don't mind the characters of Popo and Bowen. But no. at issue four, do I need to know that Popo was the verdant sorceress and doesn't like the Jade Council or that these things that I don't understand? Yeah, <laughs> like what? And then, like, it, it, just to end this because the, the whole play of then, okay, the, the Jade Council. All right, well, Eric, we're gonna get the now they're going down spiral staircases <laughs> to the underbelly of the spirit world. What? Like, what are you doing? This is so lost. It is like, it's worse than my Maybe ADHD. it will all come together to a point where down, down in the underbelly, the collective is a part of the Jade Council. And also Xanthi's mother is a part of the Jade Council. Maybe. The mother's there, who actually in the spirit world is uh, married to Mr. Hung. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they he's still missing. Yeah, he's still missing. Mia's mom is actually the aunt. Or I'm like, what? What is happening? <laughs> what is going on? It's like Vin Diesel said, it's all about family. And then remember the idea of really the, and I, I mentioned this with the night terrors, when you when you give rules, you have to kind of go, the idea if you're in that space, you're going to start having problems, both Constantine and uh, Cass, but they kind of push that aside. They're just kind of going around doing things. I got special clothes. And, I got magic. It's all good. Yeah. He blasts the hell. Out of that that whole collection, yeah, I dead. mean, he comes out and it they're looks- only like dead, dead since they're already spirits. That's a wreck. Ah, uh, but what would you give it? Sadly, the thing is, I looked forward to Spirit World when it was announced. I thought the first two issues were pretty good overall, and it got me excited. It's just the last two issues have really spun out of control, and I just don't see the direction the story's going anymore. And even if I think about where it could go, it's not the places that I actually want to see that we've already felt like it was set up. The art's fine throughout. It's just this action-packed issue. Just kept adding things and not really answering any questions that I had up to this point. So I'm giving it a four out of ten. Yeah, I think I'm a three five. And again, just personal. I'm being a selfish guy that I am. When I went to read this, I wanted to learn about Santhi. I also wanted to learn a little bit about the spirit world. And we're getting like the not even the walking tour. It's like the running at a full sprint and not seeing much of the spirit world tour it's called spirit world you want to understand spirit world but right now we're focused on the collective which is out of the ordinary in the spirit world and we're putting all our focus on this collective which you still fully don't understand yeah so the place don't understand because we're not focusing on it and the thing that we're focused on where nobody understands so we can't really understand that either to me it's such an easy play you end up having again Cass is stuck in the spirit world nothing crazy with collective she's just there the spirits are drawn to attack her. They go to save her. Yeah, we meet Popo and Bo, and you kind of go, boom, we get it. But you'll learn things then. Maybe you can go to different places, but it's just idea on top of idea. Just a bunch of grave encounters. And then it's true. It's the not-so-spirited world for me. I, <laughs> I don't get it. But, yeah, we're both down on that. But that's it. That is the TGIF and... What we do at the end of these, when we do have them, is let you know that this week on our regular podcast, Spooky, spooky Summer Ween, we got some new songs, Eric. We got a lot of things going on, and we have an actual numbered issue of Night Terrors. Night Terrors number three. We have Night Terrors Green Lantern number two, Night Terrors Robin number two, Night Terrors Shazam number two, Night Terrors The Flash number two. 
and Eric's favorite night tier, Zatanna. Number two, Hex like, and Zatana's, Violence. Like, I don't mind Zatanna. I always just get like a little irritated reading backwards magic because I'm a dummy and it bothers yeah. me. But you, like, you take her off the list and you're pretty much naming some of my favorite characters in DC Comics. There's no way any of these could be terrible, right? Well, they, they seem to be getting decent enough reviews. Green Lantern, again, Robin, Shazam, and The Flash. Oh, my God. What a lineup. It's weird, though. Like, I don't know. I'm looking for it. I hear the Green Lantern's pretty good. Uh, you, uh, Tim Drake and Jason Todd should be right there for you. That's your wheelhouse. We'll see. Seems like they'll team up. Mary Marvel. I didn't care for the Shazam. last issue, though. Wasn't loving that. But uh, The Flash, you liked a lot more than me. The Barry Allen sure deal trying to save Wally. And then the Hex and Violence I didn't like. But you liked it enough. So yeah. we'll see. I'm not going to go with what these scores say because Spirit World right As now on the shouldn't. top round up 8.2. So we're not going to do that. But, yeah, like I said, we'll be back on. Now i got to look at the blurbs for Spirit World on that Cabin Book Roundup. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, and if you are a Patreon member, you'll know that you'll be able to listen to that podcast today. Early, early access Saturday night. That's at patreon.com slash weird science. But everybody else can listen to it on Sunday when we go through all of that there. Spooky time and whatnot. We might even end. We might end with a. Maybe I'll give a little sneak peek of the the song that I. You're sneaking. That I I I like the little sneaking. One of my favorite fast food tie-in video games of all time. I I just found it the other day looking through stuff. Oh, I love sneaking. That was pretty funny. But that is it. So thanks everybody for listening. As always, I hope you go and get bananas. On the thank ground, it's Friday, going apes and all that. But what do we say at the end of the show air? In a world full of chips, always make sure you go ape.